Welcome everybody, West Vancouver Magazine podcast. We are thrilled to be back and as always, we have the most special guest online with us today. I'm Catherine Barr and today I am welcoming the fabulous Stephanie Orr. Those of you in the community, you already know Stephanie. She's pretty sparkly in her own right, but she sparkles the brightest when she is involved with the J.D. RF Association and Gala Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. It is diabetes focused, of course. We're going to talk about all of that, including their spectacular gala. Stephanie, welcome. Catherine, thanks for having me on. So excited to talk to you. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because every time I see you, it's under pretty exciting circumstances. Now, I know you're a real estate professional throughout the community, so you you know a lot of people, but I know you best as being the gala chair behind the Rockin' for Research Gala. Now, this is associated with JDRF. Tell us, you had your gala this year, and it was a little different, but it was pretty great. Lead us off with how your gala festivals went this year. Well, Catherine, I have to tell you, we we just literally, a couple of minutes ago, finished our debrief, and the entire organization was thrilled with the event. It was a virtual gala, and we all stepped into these new unknown waters and we didn't really know what a virtual gala was going to look like and we were all (laughs) thrilled with it we did really really well and we think all of our guests really enjoyed it as well you know it's kind of fun to say as they say dress up and stay at home we've been doing obviously uh, you know i do a lot of these things and a lot of people are going virtual and it's a great way to offset the unfortunate events of this year with covid and all the distancing we have to do but you're still celebrating and we're still raising money for this amazing cause now tell us jdrf what is it and what is your goal well, JDRF is, as you said earlier, it's Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and it's an organization that was started a long time ago, and its primary focus is to raise money to fund research to fund a cure. And now I know that's a mouthful, but basically what we're talking about is type 1 diabetes. It used to be known as juvenile, but it's actually type 1 diabetes. That's where individuals are dependent on insulin for life. And once you have it, there's no cure. Right now, there's no cure. So all the funds that are raised through JDRF goes directly to research, and that research is looking at finding a cure. So that's why we do things like galas and walks and rides, but that's our main focus at the gala. You know, I think a lot of people hear the word diabetes. They don't realize how complex it can be. You know, they go, oh, I know a guy with diabetes. But diabetes type 1, as you accurately said, this is the insulin-dependent one. This is the one where you carry a needle. This is the one, and you may have seen it because it caught my attention recently, even commercials on TV, where they can wear the device now. But that is still taking a blood test What is it? Several times a day, depending on your condition, right, Steph? And you know this because you are the mother of not one child, but two children, grown children now, as you pointed out, no longer a juvenile disease, a lifelong disease. What is it like living with diabetes type 1? Well, you know, Catherine, you've described it well. Thank you for differentiating me because before we had anybody in our family as type 1, I didn't really know what it was either. But 
type 1 diabetes is a 24 hour 365 days a year so once you have type 1 diabetes your pancreas no longer produces insulin so you need to be giving yourself insulin and you need to be testing your blood sugar all the time now as you just said how many times a day do you do that well there's been so many advances in technology and you see you'll see tv advertisements on things called flies um, and uh, Freestyle Libra and insulin pumps. And there's a lot of different technology out now that helps diabetes, um, helps diabetics manage their blood sugars and manage their disease. But it's still with them 24 7. 24 7. And I don't think people understand. I mean, as I said, we're, we're, we're talking needles here, you know, so you get over your fear of needles pretty quickly, I imagine. You know, most children are scared of these things, but you're, you're, you're being poked several times a day. You're testing yourself, strips, bits. It's, it, we have a technological advancement in the industry now, but this is a pretty tough thing to live with, isn't it? I mean, when your children were younger, what would happen if they would sneak a, sneak a candy somewhere or something, or even as an adult, can you enjoy a cocktail? The slightest thing can set off this imbalance and there's nothing that person can do about it except monitor it and hopefully counter it with an emergency dose of insulin when needed. This is serious stuff, isn't it? Well, exactly. And it's not just food. It's also exercise. Like we can look to, we, you know, there's many, many successful professional athletes who have type 1 diabetes, but it's a constant balancing act. Uh, Max Domi, who plays for Maple Leafs hockey, I don't know if you're a hockey fan or not. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's type 1 and he manages it. And so it's not just food. And yes, you can, you can go have a bowl of ice cream. If you're an adult, you can go have a cocktail. You can go do the grouse grind but you have to be in constant balance. You have to be constantly monitoring your sugars and your insulin levels. So you're right. It's, it, it's a constant, a constant balance. And I can also say, Catherine, as a, as a mother, and now, you know, my children who have it are adults, it doesn't go away because you're always fearful of what's called that life-threatening hypoglycemia or low blood sugar, where the blood sugar goes so low that they don't wake up in the middle of the night and they die. And it's it's a constant it's a constant worry. So that's why we do things like galas and walks and rides, mm-hmm. so we can raise money to to fund the research. Tell us now an, an emotional question for sure. But tell us, tell tell a new mother who's just discovered this. What what can they expect? How did you manage your fears? How did you? gain back hope for this how did you adjust when you learned your children had this what was what did that feel like that must have felt i mean your world changed no doubt oh captain your question is so timely i've just uh <laughs> been reached uh being contacted by a, a mutual friend whose friend's daughter just became type one and so they're putting me in contact with her so i can help that mother i can reach out and and, and reach to her and convince her that things will get better and that there is hope. But what, what does it feel like? You just feel like someone has come in and ripped your child apart, um, has changed everything. Because from the minute of that diagnosis, from that first insulin injection your child has, their world changes forever. And so it, wow. it, you feel you feel very angry and you feel frustrated. And again, with, with the misnomer or misnaming of it, calling it juvenile diabetes, 
or people saying, oh, it's just diabetes. They just need to control their exercise and not eat so much. It's so frustrating because that's not what it is. It's a completely, right. completely different. So it's, it's very emotional. And what happens, you get along to a place where it becomes, it finds a balance in your life and you, you accept it and it's quite normal. And then it hits you. One of your children has an extreme low blood sugar, life risk, or a high blood sugar, which is debilitating, life risk. And right. it just smacks you in the face again and brings you back to that first day. Wow. Wow. And, you know, we, we, we have, um, everybody has their own personal fights in different areas, but I often hear at the galas things like that. You know, we all understand cancer a little better and things like that because it tends to be something. And again, I'm not downplaying anybody's suffering here, but there's certain things when we approach that that we don't quite understand. Like JDRF, for instance, this isn't something we can pinpoint and sort of tackle, cut it out and throw it away and get rid of it. This is something that is actually part of your body's system. There's nothing to cut out here. There's nothing to necessarily get rid of. We have to adjust the system. So we have to start thinking outside the box with this new genetic approaches per se, ideas for reprogramming literally the human body so that maybe we can help those out who do have this. As I love the phrase you use. We want to take type one to type None. Do you believe we have the technology within our scopes in the next few years to get to that point, Stephanie? Well, again, interesting words you've chosen is believe, because our gala this year, our theme was believe, and we believe. And uh, I know that might kind of sound corny, but we do believe that there is a cure. And one of the things, one of the researches that's being funded right now is um, what they call smart insulins. And they're also uh, looking at um, kind of like an artificial pancreas. And there's different technologies around. And they're also looking at how you can reboot your beta cells that produce insulin that have gone dormant. So I totally believe that with research and technology that that we will find a cure. We're, we're just getting closer. And the other thing you have to remember, um, and, and you, of course, may know this, but next year, uh, 2021 marks the 100th anniversary of Banting and Best's discovery, our Canadians discovering informal yeah. discovery of insulin. So in a hundred, you know, a hundred years, we've had insulin and we've had so much more success. Prior to that, those people died. All those people died. And so, isn't that, so that's I incredible, isn't it? That's yeah. amazing to think of it in those terms, but, uh, wow, what a milestone it'll be, uh, Hopefully, a, a double celebration. Not only will we all be back, hopefully, in the same room together, but we will have all of those milestones. To, and who knows what technology we will discover between then and now. We have the ability to do so much more now. We really do have the ability to believe that it is possible when I don't think maybe we thought that before. You, you really get that sense now, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You got it. Well, Absolutely. Believe was the, the, the title of, and I, this is, we discussed this before we started talking, 21 years. Now, again, we call this the JDRF Gala, but I got to know it initially as the Rockin' for Research. And there's another really good reason why it is called that. It had something to do with, oh, I don't know, maybe you've heard of this band. Mm, what was what was their name again? Oh, yeah, Loverboy. Stephanie, tell us about the intimate connection that Loverboy has with Rockin' for Research and the JDRF Gala. It goes back 
20 years, doesn't it? It goes back. Well, now 21. You're absolutely right. Uh, Paul <laughs> Dean with Paul Dean of Loverboy, his son uh, became type 1 diabetic, and the band said, well, we've got to do something about this. And so they threw an event at the Commodore to raise money, and they, they created and started the Rockin' for Research Gala. So our Vancouver Gala is known as Rockin' for Research Gala and is considered the one of the best galas in the city in, in or one of the best galas gala, sorry galas in the country for JV Ref. and so we are rocking for research and they again helped us out again this year as they always do and so we're very proud to have had you know our local celebrities who are international celebrities um, stand by us and every year they step to the plate. I'm actually going to be dropping something off to Paul Dean in the next little bit to thank him. I mean, they continue 21 years later to support us. They are really wonderful and they really have shown up. I remember actually speaking to lead singer Mike Reno one year and his his father had actually just passed, but he was there at JDRF to perform because as I said, they, they just keep giving. This is so important to them. Let's not Let's not take for granted just how much they have lent their, not only their star power, but of course funds and fundraising and to get this going because it did start, literally did start with Loverboy. And you said, now this year again, because of COVID, but they did something really, really ingenious because I saw the uh, screenshot from it. Um, they played Working for the Weekend again live during your um, virtual broadcast, but they were all at their own homes. So even they were at their separate locations playing remotely and it really worked out well didn't it oh they're 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 professionals they did you know we had uh, uh, a great a great uh, tech team behind us uh, creating the virtual event called pro show but uh, given with the staff and then with uh, lover boys expertise it came off well people thoroughly enjoyed it and it was yet again another wonderfully successful gala as I said we're usually in the big ballrooms and doing the things together and live entertainment but this year came off just as well and I'm so happy that you guys had success with it this year you feel good about it hey you raised a substantial amount of money to boot oh we did we did we the goal was 500,000 and um, when you're, you know, setting up budgets and goals for these things, you usually have the previous year's events to, you know, look to. Well, this year everything was completely different. So we were <laughs> jumping into a black pool, not knowing what we were getting into, and we raised seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars. That's and, incredible. And uh, the other really nice thing, Catherine, was is because of COVID. We've all come together, and so this year it wasn't just a Vancouver Rock and Research Gala; it was a provincial gala, and our Kelowna um, chapter and our Island chapter was involved as well. And we all came together, and we all worked on it together, and um, that was a fantastic, uh, fantastic adventure we all stepped into. Well, as I said, doing it right, working for the weekend, working for the future, and believing. In a cure. Stephanie, it has been wonderful speaking with you today. What is your hope for next year? Are you going to come back? Are we going to see you again next year? I certainly hope so. Oh, don't you worry. Until we find, until we make type <laughs> one, type none, we'll be there. We'll definitely be there creating another beautiful event 
and uh, I'm, you know, looking like it'll be virtual, but unless the, our brilliant researchers uh, do something different in COVID, I, I would anticipate that it'll be virtual, but we will continue to be putting on great events to fund research to make type one, type none. Stephanie or everybody, Gala Chair, the JDRF, rocking for research gala. Remember, the giving doesn't stop when the podcast ends. The giving continues all year long. Make it part of your holiday plan to give back. Don't forget jdrf.ca. We have the links listed below the podcast here for those of you who are also clicking in online. Stephanie, will you come back and talk to us again? Absolutely, Catherine. <laughs> it is a date, my dear. And until then, everybody, I am Catherine Barr signing off again with another West of Vancouver podcast, westvancouver.com. Please click the links, subscribe. We love hearing from all of you. And we will be back again with a, another special guest very, very soon. Until then, please, everybody, stay in touch and save me a smile. <laughs> <laughs>